0: Welcome back to Theory for Turntables, the TFT Podcast. I'm Ryan. That's Matt. Hey, Matt. I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now. Ryan, where were you (laughs) while we were getting high? I was right here, Matt. I've been here all along. You're being with you're my being. reasons and not my rules. Uh, and as you'll note, uh, the um, Rachel D's. Oh, uh, Rachel D is not here. Our punk correspondent. Her month long residency has ended, bringing this uh, podcast back to it. What it is at its core, which is two uns- insufferable assholes yelling at each other. Which is also why we are talking about Oasis, <laughs> which is the sound of two insufferable <laughs> assholes yelling at each other. Oh, uh, I. Quit. With the band. <laughs> oh, sod off, sod off. <laughs> fuck off, fuck off. <laughs>
1: Potato. Uh,
0: exactly. And uh, and so if you don't know well uh, uh, the story of Oasis uh, and its two brothers, uh, Liam, uh, who sings. Um, <laughs> if you don't know, now you know, Noel. <laughs> <laughs> so Liam Liam is the one who sings, plays tambourine and thinks his brother uh is a teetotal. uh and Noel is the brother who plays guitar, uh writes the songs and thinks his brother is an alcoholic asshole. Um and this is a storied uh band, a storied both partnership and uh and and kind of rivalry, a a, a bro hate relationship. Um and and it was kind of reaching a boil um, around the time of the release of their uh, second album, um, What's the Story, Morning Glory, which was a huge hit on both sides of it, the uh, of the Atlantic uh, in 1995, uh, and a lot of the run of the singles um, in the U.S., uh, especially Don't Look Back in Anger and Champagne Supernova, really stretched into uh, 1996. So this was a, a, a huge album, kind of following up their debut, definitely, maybe, which uh, had, um, you know, crossed over a little bit of alter Alternative, um, really put them uh, in the limelight uh, in uh in the UK and uh and and is I think this interesting arc of um you know turning back to what is going on uh in the UK at this time right and is is part of a a, a wave of bands that are kind of um in reaction to the kind of heavier the grungier sounds of of the UK right cuz like once as soon as you kind of um listen to this album both the you know this album's divided into kind of louder songs la- louder slightly mid tempo um uh, uh, more electrified songs and more acoustic, uh, more ballad songs. And when you're listening to either of them, you know that you're, you know, you know we're not in Nirvana anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, for and- sure. And so I think in understanding um, what that means and kind of unpacking um, both the, the place of this album uh, in this stretch of the 90s and, and you know, what we are marching towards is the 90s, uh, you know, very inevitably becoming the early 2000s. So understanding Oasis's place in that um, and as this pull of British rock uh, in that, that kind of stands in contrast to the kind of American-led rock that was uh, predominated the early uh, alternative charts in the early part of the, the 90s, I think are several of the things uh, that we'll um, check out. So give this album a spin. Um, especially if you are on uh, the American side of the Atlantic, you may not know uh, too many of the album cuts very well. You'll probably know Wonderwall, Don't Look Back in Anger, and Champagne Supernova. Um, and you may uh, recognize lately, some might say Roll With It and Morning Glory, which were we'll all released as singles as well, uh, had more success um, um, in the UK, and so give the album a few spins, uh, take it in. It's faster than you expect. Uh, I think, especially because of the wall of sound production, uh, because of especially the um, the kind of epicness of Champagne Supernova. You might expect this to be a very long album, um, and indeed, their follow-up, uh, 1997's "Be Here Now," which just uh, turned 20 years old the week of, of our recording, this is more like that. Um, but what's that's, the sort of they, that's when that's when they
1: started to use their illusion
0: yeah exactly i mean it's it's yeah exactly they um their 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 sadness uh became stretched from finite to infinite right <laughs> uh, it's actually not a double album it just feels like it <laughs> um, and uh but but what's the story of morning glory is not that it's uh actually really um it's i think a, really, yeah, it's like, like a things trim
1: things. a trim 50 minutes or something
0: and it's it's well sequenced, right? There's the balancing of the kind of uh, more electric, slightly more up tempo songs uh, is sequenced pretty well. Uh, is kind of cut with uh, with a lot of you know the. The slower songs, the ballads acting either as palate cleansers or as this transition um, and some kind of interesting little kind of guitar, you know, noise collages or jams serving as bridges between these uh, two places. Um, So I think there's a lot going on here uh, and we will discuss all of it uh, right back here after you listen to the uh, album and after this message from our commercial sponsors. What's the story, Morning Glory? Oh, I'm just, uh, I'm just waking
1: up. How would you like some brunch to help you wake up? Oh
0: God, that, that would hit the spot.
1: But there's a problem. What are you going to drink with your brunch? Oh, I, I, I hadn't thought about that. I'm just waking up. Well, why not try the bottomless champagne supernova at your favorite
0: brunch place? Does does the bunch place have uh, a name or is it just like I pick my favorite and I say Champagne Supernova? Hey The Champagne Supernova. It involves them coming and breaking a bottle of champagne on the table
1: so that glass and champagne fly everywhere. That doesn't sound actually very pleasant at all. Hey, you know what? We're brothers and I'm going to break this champagne if I want to, you wanker. Hey, I
0: thought brunch was about the food.
1: (laughs) Enjoy the champagne supernova. And for the straight edge teetotalers among
0: you, try our new Martinelli's supernova at your favorite brunch place. Is that just smashing a bottle of Martinelli's apple cider? It's as sticky as hell. (laughs)
1: Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> you fuck off. Champagne Supernova. And now, new Martinelli Supernova at your favorite brunch place. Try them today, wanker. And
0: we're back, Matt. Ryan, I, have I have a, a question. question for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you can go. You can go first. Well, you, you kind of actually alluded to it, actually, uh, early on. Um, uh, my question is, is our Brits popping?
1: <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, they they sure as hell are cuz they're not rocking. <laughs>
0: Go on, actually, but I mean, for uh, that's a, that's an awful lot of guitar solos <laughs> to uh, to not count as rock. I mean, I actually wish we had uh, guitar guitar correspondent um, Mark Leon because you know whenever the solos uh, start a raging, we uh, it's Mark we are a pagan, you know, uh, as, right, as, yeah. as, I say, as I always say.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, we, we wish you would stop saying that. You
0: know, I mean, listen, if Mark didn't uh, insist on continuing to use a beeper. I wouldn't have to page him to, to get him on the podcast, you know, but it's just it is what it is. we are who we are um the the yeah i I wish if we were if
1: our research project were a little bit more methodologically uh exacting. You know, we would, uh, have breakdowns by time of mm. lyric versus like instrumental versus guitar solo versus hook versus, you know, um, on the thing. And yeah, it's true that the, uh, it's true that my, um, picture of this album is colored in precisely the way that you described in the open, which is that like um, I think of it, and like I heard it on the radio, I heard it on on K Rock uh, as the three uh, the three singles, which were singles four, five, and six actually uh, right. from from the album, not the not the first three, which were bigger in the UK uh, than than they were here. And so like if you listen to Wonderwall, don't look. Back in anger and Champagne Supernova, you think that that these guys are a, just a slightly harder Counting Crows, ra- <laughs> you know, rather than a. I just use Counting Crows always as my. They're they're my perfect like acoustic coffeehouse rock band, right? You know um, that right. you know in like with you know with like xeroxed zines, uh, you know, overflowing on the on the tables and like a, a, a flyer. Uh, a fly, a, b- a bulletin board with flyers for poetry readings and shit, um, up on the uh, uh, up on the wall, and uh, and this, but yeah, it is it is true that the the sort of the rockers are are a little more are a little more rocking, but they are, I mean, they're rocking in a particular way, and they'll they'll uh, definitely get to it. But that we'll definitely get to the the particular kind of sonic qualities of the of the production. But I think I I think it's. It's a question of song construction to mm-hmm. me right It's like a question mm-hmm. of like song structure and and just the 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 it seems like there's this fanatical attention to um like the choruses you know mm-hmm. and like the the idea uh, on the three that were big in the u.s this is definitely this is definitely the case they're kind of arena ready you know um the the choruses and the uh
0: and those arenas are are soccer arenas yeah exactly <laughs> yeah
1: yeah uh, foot football football uh, it's
0: football arena ready foot,
1: right? football <laughs> fifa fifa ready um the uh yeah, uh and but then even in the even in the rockers like the the lyric the lyric writing the way that kind of the rhythm of the lyrics and the melody of the lyrics kind of sits in uh you know in the bed of the instrumentals they just seem to me to be super hooky and almost like almost engineered to be um almost engineered to be catchy. You know, and that that to me, I don't know, there's plenty of catchy rock music, there's plenty of anthemic uh there's plenty of anthemic rock music, but there's there's a kind of like uh carefully engineered quality to it that that for whatever reason for me speaks to more of a pop uh yeah. a sort of a more, you know, a more con- because it's it's sort of consciously engineered to be popular. Right. Right. Literally popular uh, uh, sorts of things. So, uh, yes. So I guess the answer is a qualified yes, because you're you're right. I mean, I I was too snide at the beginning and saying because our Brits are our Brits is rocking. But our our Brits is, is definitely uh, is definitely popping, and uh, you know, and I mean, to to great effect. This this seems to have this record. I think more than the la- than their first record um, catapulted them to global superstardom, mm-hmm. uh, rather than just the you know the the British superstardom that they enjoyed uh, earlier on.
0: You know, I think that it, it is interesting and in hearing this kind of engineering of, of the poppiness um, is I, I'm, I'm given again to kind of think about the, the role and the contributions of the two Gallagher brothers because I, I think that that engineering is the, the Max Martin, right? Uh, it's, it's the kind of Max Martin kind of approach and that's kind of, that's Noel, right? And it's kind of Noel is, is bringing that. Um, but I think that there is the things that gives this kind of rock edge, right? That there's a um, there, there's a kind of yin and yang here, um, and because I think that it's it is. And this is at the heart of a lot of these kind of famous debates or fights between the two brothers. And there's a really famous, um, I think, 94 radio interview that it was recorded and bootlegged and released as Wibbling Rivalry. Um, And and they're like this is long, like insufferably and almost kind of impossible to listen to long uh, argument about whether rock and roll is about musicianship, which is what – about songs, which uh, Noel has the audacity to assert, uh, or about like a lifestyle, uh, which is Liam's position, and and that he, and it's very interesting is that um, that, that the they the, they actually in this fight um, Liam brings up the Sex Pistols and the Rolling Stones as examples of kind of uh, of swagger and of lifestyle and of image uh, that are what rock and roll is. And I think as a counterpoint, um, Noel brings up the Beatles, right? And so it is this interesting um, rock and roll mullet, right? It's uh, stones in the front, uh, Beatles in the back, right? Um, and, And I think that that, and you hear it, in, um, especially in Liam's singing, right? Because these are pop songs. These are songs that are written and produced with that pop sensibility and then the singing style lands closer uh, uh lands closer to something Sex Pistolsy yep. um and his than, accent er,
1: and he's singing in he's singing yeah. in his own accent this is a band from Manchester and he's singing right. in the the sort of the Mancunian dialect and yep. that's like uh it's such a big part of the character of the songs and what makes them what makes them unique and i actually like yep. you know like like, I I like things. Look, I'm the Tori Amos fan, right? Like I like weird. I like weird vocal stylings, you know. Like because I feel like it. I feel like it makes you you, you know. Rather mm-hmm. than kind of rather rather than kind of making your sound kind of an undifferentiated sort of genre sound or something, it's more. Um, you know, it, it it it's more individual, is more unique, and uh, and that is, I mean, that is something that I value, and it's it's deployed to great, um, it's to great effect on this uh, yeah. on this record in particular.
0: I mean, I think what for me and you know it's 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 the th- I think the third uh, song on the album, but it, I remember it was it, for me the defining sonic moment about um, like this batch of Oasis songs is the the first like um, vocal line of Wonderwall, right? The the, the accent is right out there. And I just remember you know even I had, I had heard Live Forever, which I think was the uh, the big single from their their first album, um, and and this I, you know just the way that Liam's vocals are front and Center on this was what kind of crystallized this iteration of, of, of Oasis, and I think it's um, and it's it's there though on this listen, and it's struck me on I think roll with it, especially um, also the um, the opening track, the opening song, hello, right? The way he kind of draw uh, you know throws out hello, hello, right? That it's and it's just it's so in your face. Um, and, and it reminds and think, me, it
1: reminds me of Billy Joe Armstrong a little bit, but he's. Yeah. But he's aping British mm. punk bands, you know what I mean? Like, he, it was- I mean,
0: yeah, that's interesting, right? So it's this is punk pop, right? Rather than pop punk, yeah, right? right, right, right. This is pop that gets kind of punked up by having someone who has this mentality of. You know, a a punk, or you know, the 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 charge that Noel uh, levies in this famous interview is that he he just actually wants to be a soccer hooligan, right? And that uh, and and that if he wants to be drunk and get on fight in public fights, uh, and and say outrageous things and be vulgar, he should just be a soccer hooligan because um, being in a band is about um, singing and writing songs. It's about some level of professionalism and artistry, which uh, is um, which which I. N- uh, Liam is not particularly on board with at least oh. in his in the posture that he takes, yeah,
1: you know these days you can be arrested and thrown in jail just for saying you're English <laughs> <laughs> but, but the uh yeah uh so so that like um that i mean there's i I don't know even how to kind of catalog the the characteristics of it the it's the way the the vowels are shaped, it's the way certain things are kind of drawn out and emphasized, it's a certain amount of nasality right mm-hmm. in the singing, like today you know um mm-hmm. and that but that like uh, uh i yeah, it's tempered i mean i'm I'm tempted to kind of impose some framework on it of like Apollonian and Dionysian or something like mm-hmm. that, right, like that that Noel and Liam are they you know they're like um david saint Hubbins and and Nigel Tufnell from Spinal Tap you know, right. <laughs> forever forever locked the dual lead guitarist of spinal tap right like forever forever locked in in uh, in rivalry yeah. and and Harry yeah, they Sch- all,
0: yeah. they're kind of they 're kind of a real life spinal tap right <laughs> i mean a
1: little yeah a little bit they 're not you know the songs aren 't quite as ridiculous but but uh yeah, the the um... well, the people and the things that they say are. <laughs> but there's, I mean, there's there's a story that I read in a couple of places about the production of this album that Liam was unhappy with something that Noel was doing, so he like went out, got drunk, and then brought a mob of people from right. the pub to the to the recording studio to like to occupy it or something, or right. to like to weigh in, I guess, right? To like get his to get his back, like you get your friends cut to come and, and have your back when you're having a fight or something as though it were a street fight, as though it were like a rumble rather than like That's an artistic, right. like an artistic difference. It's a,
0: ro- it's a rock and roll rumble, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that was the one though, that uh, if I remember correctly, that was the incident that actually um, concluded or culminated in um, Noel uh, hitting Liam with a cricket bat. <laughs> I believe. Oh really? Um, I, I yes, I, yes. I believe this is the one where um, Noel uh, tells everyone to leave, ends up hitting Liam over the head with a cricket bat, um, and which apparently the uh, cricket bat was eventually sold at auction with a certificate of. auction. Oh
1: yes, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah right. Uh, that, you know, this major uh, major piece of Oasis memorabilia. Uh,
1: the, yeah, this is. I mean, and I don't know. It's I, I don't know how much we we should just talk about the just talk about the drama. But like Liam quitting the band, Noel quitting the band, like it's uh, uh, I, I don't know. This it's not exactly Lennon McCartney, I suppose, right?
0: I mean, but I think that I think that it's it's a little. So I, I think that it's it's worth talking about because the the dysfunction is the function. <laughs> Right, um, because that when it that it, it, there is, and it's not that I'm I'm saying that it's an act, but that you do need them to be so different for it to work. Right, if it's like either if they were identical, um, or if it were without one of them, it wouldn't be what it is. And it, and and even in the, and and I think that that's even in the times where Noel does sing, right? So Noel uh, has the lead vocals on Don't Look Back in Anger, right? And it's it's a strong contrast because it's the... You know that that the accent is similar, except he sings like he gives a fuck, right? Uh, and I th- they gives a fuck about singing well, right? And uh, whereas, and but I think it's it's Liam's um, not giving a fuck uh, so artfully and so so well throughout the rest of the album that makes that stand out. And you know, similarly, there's a uh, and, and again, this is slightly talking about the dysfunction, but that uh, you know, in the famous um, MTV unplugged where. Liam complained of a sore throat, was drunk um just uh, decided not to sing uh Noel sings, and then Liam proceeds to watch in the balcony and heckle <laughs> and and I think that that also as a as a piece of artistry as a as a performance stands out um because of the contrast right and that these kinds of two i mean it's this interesting thing of how you can have. Two brothers who are so different, right? And it's this similarity with with difference. Um, and I think, if I remember correctly, Noel's about five years older than Liam, right? And so that you have this um, big brother little brother dynamic, and and this these ideas that are being worked through, I think are there in the sound of the band and kind of and, and why it sounds so distinctive and i think that as as you kind of start to think about why these songs did hit and connect so well um either musically or or thematically i think that it's this interesting thing i mean it's an interesting kind of um discussion about authenticity right we talk a lot about kind of you know, on the one hand, singer-songwriters who are, you know, the uh, who are purporting to kind of sing from their, you know, the, the I is them, right? Uh, and and it's problematized in one way or another. But that there is this kind of that that is a mode of a discourse of authenticity, right? And then there are in other pop modes, um, you know, we we've talked a lot about um, performers who are singing songs by these kind of polished pop songwriters, and there's and you know, these are two poles, um, and there are shades in between, you know. One that we kind of talked about was uh, Lord um, and her collaboration with Jack Antonoff on um, on melodrama, but I think this is a particularly unique mode of of songwriting and performance with respect to to authenticity because it's that Noel. Noel is writing his songs and his brother who he has a not great <laughs> relationship with is entrusted with singing them right and it's and it creates this like this sense of danger and vulnerability because it's like I know you're an asshole and I'm giving you this thing I care about anyway <laughs> uh, it's, like, it's like here's my baby don't drop my baby I know you're going to drop my baby <laughs> <laughs> well that right yeah there, there's a kind of mutual it's funny
1: we've talked about this dynamic in a couple of ways. One is the um one is the band manager dynamic that we right, talked right, a lot about right, during during right. the kind of punk stretch of this. Yep. And then another is kind of the artist producer dynamic yep. that we talk about in terms of contemporary pop music. Lord being a, a really good uh Lord being a really good example. But the um you know there are other uh other ways of of dy- I mean, uh, and, but I think that and, and this record had a producer like Noel produced it with Owen Morris, but but I feel like that that there is a kind of touch of this in the yeah. Noel Liam relationship that is this kind of mutually enabling, mm-hmm. like it's mm-hmm. Noel Noel is necessary to create the space for the anarchy and, right. and and Liam is necessary to to sort of bring the you know to bring the anarchy and part of that dynamic. Has to do with sort of devaluing Really shitting on uh, The other as though right. You know what I mean? As though like your your Part is the most important rather than Kind of understanding that this this Phenomenon is mutually constituted And I think there's, right. there's a thing about Works of art that are Very exciting um, Very dynamic or very sort of compelling Can often be like a, uh, a house of cards or like a tripod, a, a set of counterpoised forces in exactly the right proportions to, you know, to one another, um, yeah. in a kind of dynamic, like in a dynamic tension that, uh, achieves a stasis, achieves enough stillness to be a thing, right? Rather than just collapsing. But beyond that, but, you know, beyond that is primarily a, uh, uh you sort of analyze the dynamics of the system and it's really more a system of counterpoise forces rather than a system of things that are you know, solid in themselves. Hmm. You know what I mean.
0: Well, I mean, and in that way, I mean, it gives me, it makes me think about the the champagne supernova, right? <laughs> right? Because the champagne supernova is when the system explodes, right? When the forces slip, uh, and 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 it's a glorious destruction, right? Um, and and I I think that that is this idea, right? The champagne supernova kind of epitomizes, you know, oasis and both. You know, I think what made these songs hit, what made the makes these songs uh connect and what makes it utterly unstable right cuz you know a, a supernova uh also is not is not in stasis is not a solid thing right it's a um you know it's a it's a explosion it's a cataclysm right and this is this band is a catac- cataclysm waiting to happen yeah right? i mean the cha- right a champagne
1: supernova would produce a black hole sun right a black hole <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> a black hole, hole champagne sun um yeah because the like the idea of supernova is that everything it's like an implosion as much as it's an explosion, you know that that uh, it's kind of annihilating. It sort of draws uh, it draws things in into it. And we we uh, actually on the main overthinking a podcast we were talking about total eclipse of the heart um, in the eclipse theme episode where we never mentioned the eclipse and that. Uh, like the idea of... It's an idea that's really in Total Eclipse of the Heart the, and is in a lot of... Actually, love songs. The idea of a... Uh, the idea of kind of achieving an apotheosis, achieving a catharsis, like achieving a, um, exalted state, uh, where all the striving is done, you know, where all the, like, uh, all the stuff that, all the messiness and all the, the, the stuff that, that, um, you know, uh, the, the kind of the erotic contest is, is done. And that this is like, you know, it's not just a drug thing, but it, it, it is sort of a, uh, I think the fact that it's a champagne supernova and not, you know, a I don't know, like sunshine supernova <laughs> right <laughs> is uh is important right and that like um you know and, and there are a couple of things that are that are that kind of lead to this like someday you'll someday you'll find me as, as though like I'm not capable of, of finding you or like I'm, you know, I'm dead. I've, you know, OD'd on champagne supernova. I'm caught beneath the landslide. So there's like a, a, an unstoppable physical force and like a champagne supernova in the sky, in the sky is like the exalted, uh, um, is is the exalted people? Uh, is the kind of exalted part of this where where you know it's it's um, it's not an earthly champagne supernova. It's not right. one of your run of the mill brunch champagne supernovas it's uh, it's the kind of the final it's the champagne uh supernova at the end of time and like the 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 little bit the little tag that comes after that is cuz people believe that they're going to get away from the summer but you and I we live and die uh the world's still spinning round we don't know why right so the idea like the idea that there is a kind of there is a kind of bourgeois um uh, you know aspiration of like vacation, uh, mm-hmm. kind of a temporary vacation f- for normal roles in this like cyclic thing of the year, like the summer any any reference mm-hmm. to a season brings brings to mind the kind of the cycle of the year because the seasons kind of recur. Um, you know, and if, if summer comes, can fall be far behind. Right. And, and so getting away for the summer is like, is, is a vision of, of like vacation that is uh, that is temporary. That's sort of bounded, but you and I, we, we live and die. And right. Like death is a vision of a, of a permanent vacation, you know, and that's what the uh, that's what the, the champagne supernova represents.
0: I mean, I, of I, I think that when I think about there, the you and I, some people um versus or people believe um, versus you and I is also there is kind of and we talk a little you, just, you spoke a little bit about region um, and kind of uh, this being a Manchester band and I think there's also kind of a class dynamic as huh. well um, there of like you know some people get to get away for the summer but you and I we live and die right and because and I associate Manchester right as being a more working class kind of post-industrial um, city and that another level layer of these kind of um, the charges that 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 Liam uh, levies at Noel is that he's now in one of his very, 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 very big houses. Right. Uh, Eating tofu or something. Right. That he is. um, And he's become kind of the kind of uh, that Noel is now the kind of person that that is going to get away for the summer. um, Yeah. And and he's he's, just lives and dies. Right. Yeah. He's
1: friends with Bono now. Right. Like he's sort of entered a a rarefied class and it's also like the. i think that if memory serves it's the it's the quote that that um uh, he's eating eating tofu or getting a chemical peel or something, right? right? So there's right. some like by getting like dermatological treatment, he's by getting like cosmetic procedures done. He's feminized. He's not just he, uh, he's not mm-hmm. just kind of sold out the class. He's also sort of sold out the the uh, the masculinity, right?
0: Right, being a, being a lad, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly, right? Like, yeah, you know, right? The 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 only chemical peel I get is when the the Riot control police sp- Spray <laughs> tear gas on my face <laughs>
0: Right exactly um, Right r- because I'm 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 r- rioting at a soccer Match right <laughs> um, I think that's interesting I mean I guess You know in some ways it's worth just Hitting the big ones because but I think this is Also a case where the, the singles in part Because they are ballads but I think In part because uh, and, and in part because I think the lyrics are the Strongest have the kind of strongest Kind of lyrical inroads right and and i guess i'm thinking in kind of moving from this to wonderwall and it's it's really interesting in kind of hearing there like you know the, the, their their respective interpretations of what the song's about right where it's like you know, Noel has said different things. Well, one story uh, from Noel is that uh, it's about his girlfriend uh, at the time that he wrote it. Um, then he kind of after he married and then divorced uh, this woman, uh, he kind of changed his tune and says that it's more about an imaginary friend who's going to come and save you for yourself. And then um, and then Liam's explanation is like a wonder wall can be anything. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, it's just a beautiful word. It's like looking for that bus ticket, and you're trying to fucking find it. That bastard, and you finally find it, and you pull it out. Fucking mega. That's new Wonderwall. <laughs> no, that's not. You know, there's not one wrong, right interpretation of what a Wonderwall is. But that's that's an intentionally wrong answer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, and I don't well, know, yeah, but you know, part of the—I I th- think—part of the liam esque you know, yeah. uh, view view of the world and sort of view of rock and roll, right? As a force, as a sort of primitive, you know, uh, force is that the. Um, is that what you and i do on this podcast is right. a bunch of crap yeah. you know yeah. that that's uh that that's the one that like that you know did, why, what are you you know overthinking this shit for you just you know where where were you while getting while we were getting high you were probably reading the library at yeah, the library yeah you were at the <laughs> library weren't you <laughs> you know yeah. but that's like i don't know there's a there's a thing there's a I, I think kind of a profound message about solidarity in that i mean and it's get it could be anything it's getting high, but it could be anything right like why you know why weren 't you with us living through experience right like why why were you off why were you off on um why were you off on your own, you know? That that well, like
0: I think there's a in this specific the other way to read that is like cuz you didn't invite me. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't? No one told me you were getting high. Right. <laughs> and yeah. now you're bullying me for for you excluding me,
1: right? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Hey, where were you during the great party we had last weekend, huh?
0: Uh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm not on Facebook oh, anymore. Man, it was... no, I, I don't I don't get the Facebook invites. Yeah, you can't.
1: You don't know when anybody's birthday is anymore.
0: <laughs> no, uh, it's terrible. I've I've burned the last the last bridges of civility. Uh, just like I guess I guess I'm more of a Liam than I thought. Uh, <laughs> I mean, though, I think what's interesting here is like here's the thing. I mean, and I know I, I, I um, I, and both of them would vociferously, um, kind of, uh, argue against this because it's not in their stated interpretation, and so against their personal brand. But there is another way, and I and again, I don't know that it was written as this, um, but that, that another way, and maybe it's because I was steeping myself in their fights, uh, in their relationship, is that like I mean, this kind of, you know. It, in the context of having a shitty or kind of contentious uh, oppositional relationship with your brother, it's both a personal relationship and this kind of very public professional relationship. I mean, this idea of like, you know, of maybe you're going to be the one that saves me. Right. And and this about um, I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now. Um, and, and this kind of intense I and you and this kind of intense kind of relationship um, I I, I read also lightly in light of their relationship, in part because like, and I I love the maybe here, right? And they use maybe well. Um, Noel uses maybe very well throughout his songwriting, um, because it's maybe you're going to be the one that saves me, maybe not. Yeah, right, (laughs) right. Uh, and and you know, in addition to being kind of part of that melodic hook, it's this interesting thing. Of um, you know this this person who could save you who could be this kind of um, this this solid relationship might just might fuck you over and I think that that uncertainty um, even if it's not like yeah this is actually my secret love song for my brother who hates me um, that that kind of having that kind of relationship in your life also will color your other relationships uh, and how you relate to people and what is kind of what you would view as a, a solid relationship um, and that is you know what is the aspirational um, thing is this is is someone who you can depend on right um, who's someone who will save you when you feel like um, in fact this person who's kind of closest to you or should be um, you know no by blood is actually someone who's going to undermine you rather than save you and so I don't know I just I found that those kind of lyrical concerns to be very, you know, pointing it in light of what we kind of know about their relationship and what we kind of hear about that in um, in the performance of the song.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a very there's always kind of a very strong but right. Like the the lyrical con the in the the verses. I mean, um, the lyrical content usually has to do with a, uh, uh, a a person who is kind of mismatched with their environment, who like right. has made wrong assumptions about their environment, or has kind of failed to live up to. Uh, expectations, right? Like, by now you should have somehow realized what you gotta do, but you mm-hmm. haven't. And then, mm-hmm. like, la- later on, um, the that verse comes comes back as, by now you should have somehow realized what you're not to do, but right. you have, right? But you fucked up. Uh, actually, that verse, today uh, was gonna be the day, but they'll never throw it back right. to you. So, right. like, the, the you that's being, I mean, the you that's being described is kind of a pathetic, uh, is right. sort of a pathetic you uh and is uh, not exactly despised it's a little it's a little more sympathetic than that but like it's not pulling its punches in its analysis of how the you has fucked up uh and how the you is kind of a bad is not really a man for his time <laughs>
0: you know what right. i mean um no and it's, it's kind of bitter right and i think that's one of the things that struck me about the song i remember hearing it when i was in i guess middle school is there is this like sense of like kind of bitterness that is there um, that like it it separates it from the counting crows of the world. Um, And even from the, the, the the kind of alt the grunge rock right it's almost there's a little bit of like pre emo there or something like that um, and again it's not entirely the relationship with the you is complicated um, but it's I, I guess just like the today was going to be the day but they'll never uh, throw it back to you right they'll they'll never do this to you you know they'll never trust you is I don't know it's just a, there's a a strong kind of there's a, it's not exactly like a condemnation, but it's just like this dismissal that, like, that there is like a fair amount of hurt there right um it's this is like a thing that's said to someone that you you say to someone that you kind of want to hurt a little bit yeah right? well that's like
1: the 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 geniuses a genius have have given a quote from Noel um and apparently they don't like this like they they can agree the gallaghers can agree that they don't like this song <laughs> and they don't like performing it and that they sort of resent how popular it is globally um but these, these but, guys these fucking guys right here's, but, but. Noel says, uh, uh, you know, it's a song we're famous for all over the world, and it annoys the fuck out of me. It's not a fucking rock and roll tune. There's quite a vulnerable statement to it, right? Uh, And then he's like, uh, uh, when people come to me and say it's one of the greatest tunes uh, ever written, I think, fucking hell, have you heard Live Forever? (laughs)
0: I mean, right? He's he's no ray of sunshine either, right? It's not like he, you know. Yes, he wants to write good songs, but he's he's also a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that that.
1: Um, but so what? Like, I, th- I so what accounts for? I, I wonder if we can like solve pop music now. Like, what accounts in your mind for the catchiness of this? Because I feel like, mm. Um, mm, I, I think it's it's like. I think it's how tightly, I think it's how tightly packed the rhymes are, right? Like, it's A-A-A-A, right? Like, uh, maybe you're going to be the one that saves me, and after all, you're my wonder wall, right? Like, there's something kind of primally satisfying about Mm. that. And then even, like... all the roads that lead you there are winding, and all the lights that light the way are blinding. Um, that's a little more elongated, but it's that's the tension building section before nice. the before the hook, uh, and then you know, and then this this thing like uh, and and the melodic the like melodic content is very it's it's very chanty. It's like maybe you're gonna be the one that saves me after all. You're my wonder wall, right? It's almost the same line. Three, it's the butter, butter, butter. But, uh, you know, that like, mm-hmm. uh, there's a kind of like, cha- there's a chanty quality that, that just kind of ping pongs between the, the kind of the main, the root note of the
0: scale. And but then what does he you do know. on the, on the, in the end of the course on the, you're my wonder wall? He uh, kind and,
1: of, and after all, you're my wonder wall, it's the same thing, but it, it steps down rather than jumping down. Uh, um, right. and
0: the step down is but like, it's, it's amazing that that step down itself, like makes you think there's a lot more melody there. <laughs> right. Right, but there's that, that it's it, it's like it's this like small little accent uh, to the chant that then recontextualizes the whole thing. There's because it's like because yeah. once you know that it's there, it's all building to that, right? And but the first time it's a surprise, and every other time it's a, a kind of a reward. It's an arrival, right?
1: Yeah. So the the um, there is a a school of uh, music theory analysis. Um, uh, by, um, that was kind of, uh, uh codified by Heinrich Schenker, uh, <laughs> 1868 to 1935, called Sch- Schenkerian, uh, analysis, and, um, the, uh, uh, deals with, uh, deal is a theoretical tool for looking at the music of like, uh, uh, Johann Sebastian Bach, CPE Bach, Haydn, Mozart, Beethoven, Schubert, uh, Chopin, Brahms, you know, um, and, and that, uh, the, the minimal, the kind of the minimal structure for a, hmm. a song in tonal music is a step from the third to the second to the first. Uh, scale degree, uh, right? Like three, two, one, and there, there are these like very complex analysis uh, analyses of like very long and involved pieces by Bach that kind of break the underlying structure down into three, two, one, and that's huh. what and that's what happens here, right? In maybe you're going to be the one that saves me, and after all, there's a three. You are my wonder, three, two, one, <laughs> <You know? laughs> and it's very, you know it. It's very uh, there's there is a kind of like it it reaches deep into the bones of of Western music uh, to do it and I, I you know I mean obviously what I'm saying is ridiculous but but I think it's not entirely ridiculous.
0: Uh, no, but we're, we're we're trying to like yeah figure figure it out and what kind of makes it kind of work as a pop song and I think that it's a combination of the rhymes and the um. And, and, uh, you know, the lyrics and kind of uh, the way the lyrics are written and the uh, and and the melody. I mean, because I think contrasting that just uh, a fun little song um, pretty late in the album, um, but it just in some ways because it's mostly the rhyme scheme. Right it's the she's electric, she's in a family full of eccentrics. she's done things I never expected, and I need more time. She's got a sister, and God only knows how I've missed her on the palm of her hand is a blister, and I need more time, right and it's just these like kind of silly little rhymes, uh, almost these like McCartney level rhy- silly rhymes um right and you know scrambled you another-
1: eggs though that was actually that was uh
0: <laughs> right 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 that was Lennon, I guess, just- but yeah. Uh, no, no, that, that was McCartney. Oh, your, got it. Yeah. Scrambled
1: eggs right. was the, was the silly McCartney lyric. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. And McCartney, I think did more of the filler lyrics, right? The other famous one, which I think we've talked about is in Hey Jude, which is the, the movement you need is on your shoulder, which is like, he meant as a, uh, as, as a filler. And, and, you know, John Lennon was like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> 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 yeah. The movement you need is on your shoulder. That's deep, man. And he's like, nah, no, nah, this is like filler. He's Like, no. Nah. Nah no, dude. I get, I get you. Uh you know cuz they were on a lot of drugs at the time. <laughs> um, and so yeah, but I I, mean, I think that this right these are these are I think it's a good contrast with Wonderwall because the rhymes are just rhyming for rhyming's sake and it's it is just a different kind of right it's like a, I don't know to me it's a, I don't know if, if this song connected with you in a different way um, and it does have a you know uh, you know a, a story but it is just this like I don't know the rhyme script scheme is so heavy that it, it kind of dominates What is being said in a way that the Wonderwall doesn't, right? Um, And and that where Wonderwall kind of clicks together with what's going on in the rest of the song um, to make it this kind of epic pop song, whereas this is a pretty like kind of deep album cut.
1: Yeah, and it's almost it's got a a shuffle feel that makes it almost kind of a almost a country song or something like that. And in there's like a twangy quality to the guitar solo that makes it you know uh, that makes it it's also kind of not a uh, uh, it's not a rocker really, you know?
0: No, but it is interesting. Cause it's like, even in the silly rhymes, right? I think buried deep inside, right. Is in the second verse, right. has got, she's got a cousin. Uh, in fact, she's got about a dozen. She's got one in the oven, but it's nothing to do with me. Right. Um, and I feel like it's like, it's so interesting. Cause there's a lot of like, all right, we're in like, goofy rhyme cruise control and it's like whoa wait a second right there's a there's a uh, uh a a big kind of you know not not the not the father kind of buried in there right um and it's and and then so there is this kind of you know there there's actually something that is right it's a it's a a kind of shuffle rock billy jean right yeah <laughs> uh And and I think that that's that's interesting. But I I was mostly holding that up as a a a contrast with with Wonderwall, because it, it also has that strong rhyme scheme, but doesn't kind of hit as a pop song. In, in quite the same way. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm
1: going to read more words of Noel Gallagher's. He says, it's about a boy who's got a girlfriend, and he used to go out with her sister, that he fancies her mother, doesn't get on with her brother. <laughs> and as somebody gets, himself, uh, somebody gets her cousin pregnant, and everybody thinks it was him because he's a bit of a fucking run cunt, but it wasn't. There's there's your there's your analysis. So really it's like finding Oh
0: wait, a, wait wait, there's there's one more. It's not a true story. Is it a true uh, story? I'm saying fuck all me. <laughs> <laughs> They're, they're the best. They're simultaneously the best and the worst, both of them. <laughs> That's, yeah. You gotta, I mean, you really got
1: to appreciate, you know, this level. I, I you know, what you got to appreciate is their longevity, right? Because this has been, this has been like maintaining for two decades, this level of trollishness with, you know, their fans, yeah. with the press, with the whole, with each other, with the whole world. Right. Like, and I wonder if they like in their secret underground yeah. lair somewhere, I wonder if they like, uh, Uh, secretly it's all a joke on us you know
0: yeah uh, they're actually not even british they're just um, two guys from chicago Um, that's the uh i'm I'm now an oasis truther um hashtag (laughs) oasis truth Um, No, I think that, you know, thinking about this trollishness, I mean, it kind of leads me to another um, single that was less of an American single, Um, but it's one that I actually, because I didn't have this album, um, but I heard this song, uh, which is some might say, uh, it was played in by a band in my high school in the high school talent show and it was weirdly hearing in that context i was like shocked to learn that it was an oasis song you know for the reasons that we discussed because i knew um the three the three american um successful singles and some might say is is pretty different but i think lyrically right um i think kind of fits with some of the spirit of this trollishness and, and about kind of null of the troll. Right. Um, and that's, uh, you know, and it's in this lyric, right. Some might say that sunshine follows thunder. Um, go and tell it to the man who cannot shine. Some might say that we should never ponder on our thoughts today. Cause they hold this way over time. Um, some might say, Um, that we will find a brighter day Um, and then it's because I've been standing at the station in native education in the rain you made no preparation for my reputation once again the sink is full of fishes she's got dirty dishes on the brain Uh, it was overflowing gently uh, but it's all elementary my friend and I, I think that you know i think that especially the the like this kind of goes back to the lyrics in um champagne supernova right there's some people like say that sunshine uh, follows thunder but go tell that to the man who cannot shine this guy <laughs> <laughs> who has, like, right who has two thumbs and cannot shine this guy right here <laughs> um and right and, and it is rare that that they actually turn it against the world right they go back to back with their like troll knives drawn right um, usually they're just like they're they're facing each other uh, uh, in kind of this this circle of, of animosity um but th- there are these moments of alignment right because these are null penned I believe Liam sung um, lyrics and and I think they align right and, and that there is this sense of feeling like an outsider. And feeling like you know someone who who is not really buying into a sense of optimism or hope, right? The, the these things that some people might say because we're not those people, right? Um, and this kind of and there's a stance, right? It's 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 this outsider stance, yeah. And they, it's, they it's take. It's
1: technically ironic, right? Because it kind of sets up a dichotomy between a, between the actual reality and a sort of hypothesizer, a, a supposed or expected, uh, reality, right? And like how much, how much of this, this songwriting, it's actually just talking to you that makes me realize how much of this songwriting is kind of hypothetical, is sort of conditional, is like, you know, it's like Oasis, Oasis songs are in the subjunctive mood because they're a, you know, they're a hypothetical or they're a condition contrary to fact, you know, and that's that's like, uh, uh, that. that is, and that's part of the trollishness a little bit. That's yep. kind of the tweak, you know, it's kind of the yeah. tweaking. It's the kind of like, oh, you think it's this way? It's not. It's, it's, you want it to be one way, but it's the other way, you know, and that, that Wait. like,
0: yeah. I mean, that's their their first album was called Definitely Maybe, <laughs> right? I mean, so this is this is an idea that they are very concerned with uh, with working through, right? Yeah. And uh, and it's there, and it was it was something that struck me, um, and and also I mean, down to the level of musical performance, uh, you know, and this kind of committed trollishness is there. Um, I want to kind of draw attention to Liam's um tambourine playing yep. J- J- intro, he's just right? shaking that he's just shaking that thing <laughs> right and it's uh i mean this is without a doubt the best tambourine album of the 90s i mean <laughs> you know it's it's there's there's not a lot of competition but even even if there were i think it would it would go toe to toe um but the tambourine is is just all over this right And and it is just so interesting, right, that I think uh, to have a tambourine in the 90s at all is already a troll. The, um, the Puritans, uh, uh, the, the, the grunge rock Puritans, uh, you know, thought they had burned every last tambourine, <laughs> and they look in horror uh, as uh, as the Gallagher brothers not only have a tambourine, not only play it on their hit songs, but then beat each other with the tambourine. <laughs> and, and And it just down, Right. Like the the you know, this is kind of the grunge rock monolith. Right. Because it's, you know, the 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 British have always already invaded. Right. And so that, you know, people talk about another British invasion uh, and there's waves of British invasion um, of kind of British pop coming in and kind of. Co-opting rock or co-opting American uh, rock and roll, but we were we were British first, first, right? And so it's no no reason or no surprise that they kind of keep um, beating us at our um, pop and rock game, right? Uh, and, and 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 it's all these kinds of modes of kind of co-optation of that uh, and and trolling it uh, and and uh, and and turning it on its ear that I I think. Um, Make that uh, make this kind of really compelling, all right? And it's it's again, you wouldn't think that um, the tambourine, t- tambourine would be a, a instrument of punk, but in the 90s when the guitars were beefy and the vocals were angsty then kind of drawing in your local accent and playing your tambourine um, like you're almost in a, a bar band or a pub band I guess um, is uh, is is itself this act of, of defiance right and and so that there are these kind of moments right there's these brief moments of unity right um, and where they're on the same page and it's what allows this to kind of have the this album have these great moments but the fact that they have these kind of laser focused troll cannons <laughs> means that they'll they'll turn them on each other right uh and it's you know it is is a a kind of reconfiguration of that kind of paradox about state authority and any any state that uh you know strong enough to enforce property rights is also strong enough to violate right the, right so it's any pair of trolls that's strong enough to combine to kind of antagonize the whole world will will burn each other down <laughs> um <laughs> And uh, I can't think I can't think
1: of a of a of a better thought to end the uh to end the podcast with
0: right like Fuck off <laughs> Fuck <you know> <laughs> Fuck off I'm hosting the show Fuck off <laughs> You know that um you know that that you know I I thought we were on now the forget, same page but forget apparently this.
1: forget this I'm just I'm out of here. I just you know I can't I can't even it's just
0: oh, Man. All right. Well, I guess I have to end the podcast all by myself, which is fine because I do all the work anyway. Um, So uh, thank you very much for listening. As always, no thank you to Matt uh, for what he contributed to the whole proceedings, which was really a whole lot of nothing as far as I'm concerned. Uh, He thinks that podcasting is about bluster, whereas uh, I think it's obviously about uh, preparation and focus. And so uh, if you want more of that, continue uh, to tune into TFT, which I believe now is a solo podcast uh, for, for here on out. Wait, as we- I'm in the balcony. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, I thought you left. I thought you had a sore throat. I,
1: I went up to the balcony. This is a shit ending to the podcast. There's never been
0: a shitter ending than this one. Oh, oh! you think you're so good. Oh, fuck off. Fuck off. You, 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 you want to come down here and end it yourself? You want to come down here and end it? <gasps> no, I just want to see you try to. Hey, wait, here, let me get my let me get my podcast, my Yeti podcast microphone and come on over to where you are. And <laughs> <laughs> oh. no, that'll te- that'll teach you a lesson.
1: All right. Hug it out, boys. Hug it out.
0: All right. Hey, yeah, we're just we're just two. We're just we're just a couple of blokes. Uh, so, uh, you know, whether or not Matt and I mend our fences or we're continuing to war with each other, whether we are trolling uh, each other or the world, just know that we'll be back next week and we'll be keeping it real.